Hi, I would like to thank everybody for joining me. Uh, I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Dee. I've never done anything like this, so I would like to say in advance that I'm sorry, and I apologize if um, I get stumbled on my words, I say the word um too much, or if I get off track, and uh, I have a very crude humor sometimes. Um, some people don't know how to take me, but I am very uh, open-minded, very straightforward, a very honest person, but yet I am respectful. I would like to talk about some things that I feel that are very important that others may feel, may want to say, or maybe need to be said more often. I understand that not everybody's thoughts or opinions are going to be like my own, um, which is good just because sometimes you don't want to have the same thoughts that I have. Believe me, you don't want to be up in there. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I do respect your opinion and your First Amendment right, but also please be respectful and giving constructive criticism instead of just, um, you know, being a butthead. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I've created this site. Um, I just want to give you a better understanding on the topics that I want to touch base on first. I'm very passionate about. Um, basically, in a nutshell, you in general, me, um, our nation, as a whole, God first and foremost, and of course, uh, everything else in between. Um, the site is not intended to patronize anybody. I'm not one to like to patronize. However, I do um, try my best to be understanding. I don't like to be patronized and I don't like to sugarcoat things, but yet I don't like the same done to me either. Um, again, if that makes sense, because I tend to ramble. So again, I apologize. Um, I respect everybody's experiences, their opinions, your feelings, and basically your overall well-being. So in doing this, I would like to touch base on different factors that hopefully as the podcasts go, they're going to complement each other without being too much of a repetitive um, situation, if you will. But pretty much they all kind of go hand in hand. Um, first, my first topic I'm going to talk about is our one nation under God. And I've always, I don't know exactly what generations are listening or what everybody has ever been taught or said or heard in their life growing up. But I know in my situation, in my life growing up, I was always told there was two things you never talk about. Politics and God. And unfortunately, I feel like that is exactly what is wrong with our nation. Um, according to our Pledge of Allegiance, we are supposed to be a one nation under God. And our state, our state license plate, I don't know about everybody else's, but ours here in Indiana, says in God we trust. While these are very true statements that are very important and very near to my heart, it's very sad to watch over the years where society and the government have done everything it seems possible to take those exact things and remove them to benefit their own consequences and their own conveniences and their own conscience. And... I remember being in school, we would say the pledge every morning during announcements. Our teacher at lunchtime, she would have us, you know, sit behind our chairs and stand, or stand behind our chairs, not sit behind our chairs, because that'd be kind of weird sitting on the floor. Um, I mean, as a kid, I guess it'd be okay, but as an adult now, not so much. I have trouble just getting up. Anyway, I'm rambling. Um, so anyway, we would stand behind the chair, and she would give us a few minutes. She would turn the light out. She would give us a few minutes to say our blessings, say our prayers, and do whatever we needed to do to prepare for that moment to go to lunch and um, not make it awkward, I guess, for people that didn't 
um, exercise that moment, but we were respectful enough to know our place and to remain silent. And um, I don't know if any schools still do this, but I do know that I've saw I have seen a lot of disrespect in our communities um, pertaining to our country and God, and just basically as a nation and as individuals. And um, unfortunately, I think that that is a very big deal and something that um, as a human being, there are many, many reasons why those statements and those are very vital to our resources and our livelihood and just general all respect of people that are around us. And I know that there have been more lives than probably have ever been determined that have been lost in one way or another, um, not only for our country, but as theirs as well, uh, both mentally, physically, um, and these men and women have fought and continue to fight their battles on a breath to breath basis. And um, some were drafted to a world where, you know, they were on their own. They were put in an environment beyond what they have ever understood before or ever even comprehended and away from their safe havens, their parents, their loved ones, and just all to be shadowed by these same exact statements of one nation under God and in God we trust and be taken from that had been taken from their lives. And sadly, it's these same men and women to this day, whether physically alive or not, are disrespected, questioned on their loyalty, mandated by society, and by the very same government that contributed to their demise. It infuriates me and just gets my goose. Um, and I don't understand why any human being, let alone these same men and women who have fought and dedicated their own mental mentality, their physical, their whole livelihood to continue to fight these battles that they never even created, but yet had to defend us and protect us as a nation so that way we could sleep better at night while they're kept up to this day all night long with the battles and whatever is going on in their minds repeatedly replaying back and forth. And there should not be a single person, especially a person in our military, that should have to suffer and have to deal with any sort of issues in life more than what they already have. And, you know, they... There should not be a, spe a, a single one of them. They have crawled on their stomachs, you know, watching their fellow mates' backs, watching their backs, trying to protect your life, your sanity, your rights, your opinions, your children, your parents, your loved ones, your pets, your homes, your education, and even your own technology, and even your back. And all in time of not asking for anything in return, ever. Just knowing that that's just what they are doing. You know, they don't go around patting themselves on the back or, or asking for a brownie button or a Twinkie badge or, or whatever. Just pure respect. You know, they, they, they slept in dugouts full of Lord knows what to fight blindly with tear-stained bloody eyes and took an oath never to leave any man behind but to come to the realization that they don't even have any of that to even come home to. Instead, they are dismantled, deceased both mentally and physically, left behind by the very nation, government, and people that they took this oath for. And let's, for argument's sake, say we have a homeless veteran 
that is dismantled as a human being. And we can get on homeless, uh, but I'll get sidetracked, and that'll be a whole different podca podcast, let me tell you. Because I'll say, don't get me started, and then I'll get started, and I need to focus. So, anyway. <laughs> um, let's say that, you know, he's dismantled as a human being, and he self-medicates in order to quiet the loud, piercing silences that continue to replay over and over again in his mind, his body, and even his soul. Questioning his self, questioning his, his loyalty, questioning his faith, questioning his brotherhood, questioning his country, questioning his sanity. And they're wearing whatever they have and carrying the little to no belongings of their livelihood, of their life, of everything they ever knew, everything that they stood for. So not only did they go and have to defend the country and lose themselves, but to come home and lose everything that made them who they were in the first place before they left. All their memories, their valuables, pictures, awards, medals, clothing, jewelry, loved ones, humanity, and all to be carried now in a spot covered in pain, sadness, depression, tears, blood, uncertainty, failure, humility, and judgment by death by judgment. How dare we have the nerve to not do something non-opinionated and judgmental? Why can't we instead ensure their safety and go ahead of their line to make their lives, minds, and well-being rest quieter to clear their ghost away, if even for just a moment so they can catch their breath and their own breath doesn't suffocate them? Why do we have to have so many buildings just sitting there, but yet we have government grants available to alleviate this necessary growing, inhumane way of life? And according to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, Title Four, I believe it's a four, it's a V. I forget that part in school. I'm sorry, it's been a while since I've been in school. But it's, it's the title in the big Roman noodle V. The Empowerment Zone Enterprise Community Grant has been called the Free Unused Federal Properties for the Homeless. Now, this program allows suitable federal properties that are categorized as utilized, underutilized, excess, or surplus to be made available to states and parts of the local government are not parts of the local government, no profit, a non-profit organization for use to assist the homeless. These same properties are available and to provide shelter and any other, um, any other benefits to the homeless. It provides no funding and is as is and are leased without a charge. The organization just merely pays for operating or repair costs of the, bu the building and depending on the certain availability of the property, the lease can range between 1 to 20 years. Surplus buildings can also be deeded to this organization. All this is just one of several that I have come across and is a prime example of a solution possible. Okay, I'm sorry about that. I don't even know exactly where I stopped at. I um, just like to, I guess I should have pro. pro pre-warned you, not pro-warned you, pros after. I guess now this is pro-warned because this is after the fact. Um, I currently um, am the caretaker and caregiver of my mother. Um, so if you happen to hear a noise or something like that, she's basically chiming me um, because she needs something. So I actually had to pause my recording to go and see what she needed. So I don't remember exactly where I left off. So if I repeat myself on something, I apologize. Um, but I just want to let you know that if you do hear a noise like that, um, that that is pretty much what I'm doing. Either that or she's in there and being silly and playing with the button, but she does not do that. But anyway, um, so that being said, um, I believe I was talking about properties and things that are available. 
and um, that was just one example that I come across um, to make you know a resolution to homeless people men and women to give them a home worth coming home to and we need to also consider that the military have been disabled in one way or another and I personally and this is where I'm going to try to keep myself in in focus because I get ran run I run with it really big um, with with my opinion on this because I it really gets to me um, because I sternly do not believe that any veteran military person ever should ever have to be homeless let alone want or need anything in their life um, and that's just the way I feel and um, it, it's you know even if we were to look at a veteran today Maybe one is walking with a limp, or maybe one is missing their, some of their extremities, or all of them, or maybe even part of their actual physical head. Doesn't mean that their internal scars are not severing them inside indefinitely. There are numerous medical scenarios that lead to an abyss far beyond recognition that get missed in society, but also get missed and lost in the shuffle and sometimes I feel like um, they don't get paid attention enough to um, and be addressed because unfortunately sometimes out of sight out of mind per se but um, to a military person it's never out of mind and it's always in their sight and whether they're looking in a scope or not it's embedded and it's burnt into their their well-being their sanity their their whole complete being and um, I'll start with one misunderstood in my opinion merely because we all have in one form or another case or another um, I believe have this in one way or another however the severity of the trauma can continues to manifest and over time it just keeps adding additional to the trauma and that is PTSD post-traumatic stress disorder can occur if you have ever been through combat a disaster, serious accident, been raped, assaulted, abused, lost of a loved one, a first responder, a spot responder, sorry I can't talk, an innocent bystander, or merely bullied as a child and an or adult. And these are just some examples. There are many, many things that traumatize people that may not traumatize somebody else, but to one person, it could be the very depth of them. And so, how much PTSD do you think a person can actually obtain? Say if they suffer every single one of these symptoms above that I just named. Sure, there are medications, but then are you really treating the trauma? Or are you just adding to it by masking it? As a veteran, there are limited equipped medical facilities that can specialize in all of the necessary resources needed in order to keep each veteran or military person able to live in their own mind without the constant battle of self-survival. There's also ASD, acute stress disorder. Although it happens usually within the first month following a trauma and emphasizes on feeling disconnected, having an altered and dazed sense of reality and can cause the ability to remember important details of a trauma. It, while they have some similar similarities, PTSD and ASD, they are totally different. PTSD has the following four symptoms. Now again, um, I'll try to slow down talking and I apologize. And sometimes I do talk very fast. If you feel the need to get a piece of paper and write some of these down, uh, you're more than welcome to do so. 
um, if you would like me to email you a copy of my production um, so you can focus on what you're doing, like driving or cooking dinner or just whatever, um, that's an option as well. Always feel free to just reach out to me anytime and I'd be happy to help where I can. That being said, um, PTSD has the following four symptoms. Number one, trigger. Sound, sorry, I can't even talk. Sound, sight, and smell can cause a person to relive the trauma experience. See a person that may remind you of the trauma and cause mem memories to return. You might see somebody and it automatically flood in a million emotions or hear a song on the radio. It's not so much the song, it's the emotion, the person, and the meaning behind that song, and it sends you into a different place. May cause you to have nightmares about a trauma and reliving certain events. Or just simply getting lost in a thought about a traumatic event and that causing additional thoughts to then escalate and progress into more additional thoughts. Number two, avoiding situations that remind you of the event. Some may try to avoid people. They may try to avoid special events or situations, places that may trigger their, their you know, their well-being. Military may stay away from safe celebrations, events like the 4th of July. Merely because the noise and the sounds of the, set of the fireworks sound like a battle zone to them. How are they supposed to enjoy this beautiful display of booming, if you will, when it sounds like the battle zone that they're used to in their minds that they try to put out of their, their, their way of life? It sounds like gunfire. And then the heavy smoke and stuff where it then troubles your breathing, it, it troubles the atmosphere, and it, and it troubles being able to see clearly through it. In a country that is once protected, you know, that they protected in order to protect all the loved ones, strangers and the government affiliates cannot utilize. And, can and why can't we utilize our technology and, you know, and give a healthier and legal display of celebrations and also give sanity back? You know, we have some very bougie technology, if you will, where drones can do very neat and animated things, very much of a healthier and safer display, and some very talented, very talented individuals that create that display. And all of that is not being used in a way that is not only beneficial to our well-being as a whole, as a country, and our universe, but also our mentality and our veterans who maybe might be able to go out there and enjoy this beautiful animated quiet display you know how can we arrest for illegal situations to the population on a day-to-day -day basis but yeah the sale of illegal fireworks based on an honor system that they're going to take these illegal fireworks out of state knowing darn well that they're not going to then it puts our first responders and our police officers in a slippery slope if you will to not arrest these offenders that have these illegal fireworks that obviously didn't go out of state and now they're watching them have this illegal activity and they can't arrest them. So that kind of puts them now, if you want to squint hard enough, as a crooked cop, but yet not. I don't know. It's kind of like a fine line, but it's unfair. It's unfair. Also, fire departments, hospitals, and innocent bystanders are now put into danger for this exact illegal activity. So you got illegal fireworks out there that are terrorizing veterans and people around them, hurting our atmosphere and our, you know, our society as a whole. They're illegal. And then it's putting our first responders, 
our hospitals, our fire departments, and even innocent people just standing there enjoying the fireworks now in a situation that can cost them their own health, their own life. Number three, negative mood and negative thinking. Society has developed a convenient habit to suit their contradictions. I'll read that again. Society has developed a convenient habit to suit their contradictions. Enough said there. This allows bullying, judgment, deformation of character, and negative thoughts. This can cause a major self-esteem battle and cause self-inflicted internal and external scarring. Which means negative thinking about yourself, negative thinking about others, feeling fear, anger, doubt, lack of trust, guilt, and shame, as well as insecurities. Number four, feeling keyed up. A person may feel hyperarousal. Yes, hyperarousal. This can cause a lack of rested sleep, making a person jittery or always on alert and paranoid of danger. This can cause irritability and anger and also lack of sleep then adds additional mentality problems such as hallucinations um, in which that leads to a variety of different depths of depression. Many people unfortunately fall victim to PTSD because society continues to downgrade it. A person can have PTSD from having PTSD. We judge situations and people constantly without even trying to empathize the situation. Having a conclusion or a solution for an answer for a trauma or a problem without having to deal directly with the repercussions or the consequences that are not even any reflection or anything about their own personal well-being. But hey, they've got a solution. But if the solution doesn't work, it's not their problem. Because they don't have to deal with the consequence. They don't have to deal with the backlash. They don't have to deal with anything. But they're going to tell you what they think. And then get mad at you if you don't take their their suggestion most of the time. Why can't we be non-judgmental and more understanding to our own mankind? Why do we continue to be a drama queen country in a nation that's supposed to stand up and respect a one nation under God? In my opinion, I don't think a person just wakes up each day saying, hmm, I think I'm going to enjoy my PTSD today and I'm just going to go self-medicate myself to survive my life. I haven't even been able to live yet, but hey, that sounds good to me. I don't know anybody that's ever done that. And if I'm wrong, please feel free to let me know because I will correct myself. But I don't think anybody ever gets up and says that. Ever. If that were the case, then suicides would not even be a word thought of by any human race ever. How dare we think that that is okay to even think that that is okay. When you see a person on the side of the road fortunate enough to have a decent car, doesn't mean that maybe it isn't the only thing that they own. It might be where they live as well. I was homeless for two and a half years living in my van. I lost my home, my belongings, my entire life. Everything that I was. My memories, pictures of my kids, things that my grandkids made me everything. I have three degrees with a 4.0 and three honors. All to live in a van staying at truck stops, Walmart parking lots, hospital parking lots, pull-offs, hotels, and even friends and family driveways, gas stations, and anywhere else I could possibly go and feel safe. I would have people shocked when they saw the inside of my van. My bed be all made out, my clothes organized, all packed up and nice in the corner. And, you know, I had a clear three-door tote sitting in the back. I had food and hygiene and a variety of different necessities there. 
merely because I was fortunate enough to be, I guess, um, the high-end homeless person, if you will, because I had a way of transportation, shelter, mobility, and an inverter that I connected to my battery. At one point in time, I had a, my crock pot hooked up to it, and I made some homemade vegetable soup that my mom had in a jar where she did canning back in the day. Or I had a griddle, and one time I even hooked up a microwave. The griddle actually blew my inverter, so um, I think it was too strong. But it held the microwave, and I did it long enough to heat up some hot dogs, which I guess now, looking back, I could have just... Um, took a lighter or started a little fire or something and roasted them, but I don't know. Um, but then I also hooked up my flat iron and I had a handheld mirror where I would do my hair and my makeup. And I didn't look the part of being homeless, whatever that was supposed to mean. I didn't choose to be homeless or lose my home. I owned my home for 14 years, worked my butt off. I was a single mother, I worked two jobs, saved up my money for a down payment, give my kids stability. And it was six houses down from my parents' house. I fell into a world that I never imagined I would ever be in. Here I was, had a very, very well-paying job, very educated, had my, my, I had my stuff together, my ducks in a row, if you will. But then I had a horrific family tragedy happen. And I fell very deep into the dark abyss, just floating on my lifeline, trying to grab on to even catch a breath without that same breath taking my breath away. And all I grew up constantly moving and going to, I think, about 13 different various schools at times over my childhood. Sometimes going without a bed or food or water or heat, electricity, or even stable friendship. I still manage to ensure that I remind myself the important things in life. The things that cannot be replaced, rebought, rebooted, or even redone. Instead, I have developed a mentality that in the most horrific, tragic moments of my life, there is always something good that can come out of it. And I personally personally know this experience although we might not understand it at this time in our life we might not never witness this moment in time doesn't mean that we cannot continue to count our blessings and just merely give thanks my horrific tragedy that took my my whole well-being was the death of my grandson my grandson passed away at a very very extremely young age and he passed away on my birthday it was the cause of my life-altering spire of darkness and despair. It only severed, not only severed me and left scars on the outside of my body that I wear. I used to cover up, but now I don't. They're my battle scars, if you will. My survival scars. But the ones internally are the ones that people don't see. That nearly, literally took my life away. As my grandson was lay laying up on life support... I went downstairs to the lobby and a woman that I didn't know, I didn't know who she was, she came up to me and she said, maybe something good will come out of your grandson dying. Yeah, you heard me right. Now take a breath with that. Now you're thinking exactly, probably the exact same thing that I actually said to her. But because I don't know who's listening to this, I'm going to bleep out words. Personally, and just say bleep. I said, what in the bleep could possibly come from my grandson dying? Now, in the line of work that I was in at that time, 
I clean crime scenes for a living. I had a history of tissue procurement, biorepository banking, and organ and tissue donation. So that being said, I went back upstairs to my young daughter who was grieving because they were going to take her son off of life support. And I pulled her to the side and I said to her, I said, if you ever do anything, I ever ask you again, will you please do me one favor? Please donate his organs. Don't let his life be in vain. My grandson is the biggest hero I have ever had the blessing to be a part of. He is the reason that three little baby girls today are alive. There is literally a seven-year-old little girl walking around today with my grandson's heart. I struggled for years to celebrate my birthday. How could I possibly celebrate when so much pain was present? How could I celebrate my life when his was gone? Now over time I realized, and it took me a long time, but I realized how very blessed I was by God by choosing my day of birth to share with my grandson, gaining his angel wings. That was a beautiful connection that nobody in this world could ever compare to or ever take away from me. My point being is that as a product of a spiral case of continued tragedy, I am here today in hopes to make a difference in the blessing of my life and in the hopes to bring comfort to your minds and love in your hearts. Life is not a duty. It is a blessing that we take for granted. We can't get tomorrow. We cannot get to tomorrow. Spending today tripping over yesterday. And sometimes we just need to remember to step over our own shadows. Put it in God's hands. Take the leap of faith and build our wings on the, wing, on the way down. Winging our life one flap at a time. And learn not to knock on doors unless we know our place at that table. Now I would like to thank everybody for your patience and I apologize. Uh, I got a little teary-eyed there, which, um, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to apologize for that because um, it's true. That's who I am. And I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to patronize you. Um, but um, I would like to thank everybody who has taken their time out of their lives to share with me. I would like to send out my deepest and most respectful gratitude to all military men, women, military wives, military husbands, military children, military parents, grandparents, but mostly to our veterans. I hope you find a way to keep your demons at bay, if even for a moment, to catch your breath. I appreciate everything about you and will continue to clear my throat when it comes to our one nation under God because you don't need nor deserve to ever be made to feel like you're invisible. Now we'll leave this all here for food and thought so as a whole we can feed off of all the good in the world before all of our lights go out forever. I understand this is a lot of information to take in and a lot 
to write down. And again, please feel free to contact me for an emailed copy if you need. And if you have a pen and paper, or have a way to back this up and listen to it again, my email address is d, d is in David, e is in Edward, e is in Ev Edward, daughter, like daughter, because I'm a daughter, d daughter, at outlook.com. Please be courteous when you email me, please. And alleviate from any unnecessarily silly spam or trying to sell me any extended car warranties. I'm good. You may also look me up on my Facebook group page that I created. I do a lot dedicated for resource for the homeless. And it is called Our House. O-U-R-H-O-U-S-E. And the picture is of Earth with hands on it. Again, my name is D, and you have been listening to my podcast. Let me clear my throat. One nation under God. Thank you, and have a blessed and safe evening.